0: We're going to turn to First Peter, One Peter in the New Testament, almost right at the back, just before First John. And we'll be reading from Chapter One today. One Peter. But you would um, speak through the power of your Holy Spirit today, Lord. We we'll just leave ourselves in your hands, and we thank you for your strength and for your spirit and we pray lord you would speak to us that you would strengthen us that you would just be be everything that we would need today lord god we give you praise and we give you glory we think of those today lord who are experiencing that grief and sorrow lord and we just pray for those affected by the news we heard earlier on the sad passing of tom and elaine and we pray lord god for your healing even for those here today, Lord, that we just pray for your comfort, Lord. Thank you that you're a comforting God. Thank you, Lord, that you are a God that knows what it is to experience grief and sorrow. And we pray for that healing today, Lord God. We pray for your strength, your supply, Lord, at this time. We thank you for it. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. The word gift is a word that we hear a lot around about this time of year and we were thinking about that just earlier on there with the children, weren't we? About gifts and... <laughs> and I just like to take the word gift. I didn't start off my sermon this way but it's amazing the way God sometimes moves something you're speaking on and changes the changes it around. And uh, what didn't particularly turn out is what I thought was a sermon to do with the Christmas time of year. Actually ended up being something a, a bit closer to it than I thought. But it's interesting the Lord just took me to 1 Peter chapter 1. And at first I couldn't particularly, you're just kind of following the Lord's leading on that. But this word gift, G-I-F-T, I'm not going to tell you what, I'm just going to use those letters. And I'll acknowledge right now, I got the acronym that I'm going to use today from someone on the internet. I didn't make it up myself, but I thought it was so good. I was kind of halfway through preparation and this came to my attention. So thinking about gift and what these letters might represent, or what that word might represent to us today, in the midst of all the hustle and all the bustle, I mean, you'll be like, if you were anything like me, uh, you were you were going round shops yesterday. I was going to say being dragged around, but I better not say that, <laughs> You know, <but> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Lord, forgive me. Uh, but you know, you you, cannot, you you get in the mode where it's the done thing. We like to receive gifts and we like to give gifts. And as I said earlier on, there's nothing wrong with that. There's there's a lot of good in that. And sharing your love with someone and giving them a gift, and this is the time of year when we do that. But man, you can get stuck in the hustle and bustle of it all, can't you? And try and get parked in the car park and wondering if a, a space is ever going to look up, and you wonder what's the, you know, what's the point of it all? <laughs> now there is some point, and, and even in the gifts we give, we've given ourselves as a church a couple of weeks ago. Uh, to the Samaritans Purse organisation who do the shoebox campaign and they they fill up presents for children who don't get presents at Christmas and it's a great thing to do Joe and Sheila has been good helping us with that taking it to the local depot, successfully Joe yep and uh, it gets shipped out to, to kids who don't get anything that's nice we're talking about giving to sick kids there are things we can do to show the love of Jesus to people at this time of year as well but there is more to this time of year than just buying gifts, buying presents. There's a much more important gift that's available to every single person here today. You know, sometimes a gift, we kind of, t- you know, there's a, there's a cost attached to it, and you wonder if you're going to receive one. You wonder if anyone really loves you enough. Uh, to give you that gift you maybe walk past the shop and you think that's a really nice that's a really nice thing uh, but does anybody love you enough uh, or is there anybody that's going to be willing to sort of give you that gift well there's good news today, God has a gift for us that's freely available, it's not one you have to we have to buy it's not one we need to go worry about trying to find where we're going to get parked or something, I use that in jest but you see my point God has done something marvellous to enable each and every one of us to receive a gift from him freely so let's turn to 1 Peter 1 and start in verse 3 Peter here is a, he's an apostle, a disciple of Jesus Christ writing this letter, the Word of God. And he's writing to believers who are scattered about all the different areas. And they're new Christians. They're people who are uh, just new to the faith. And they would be experiencing some trial and some difficulty and some opposition to their faith. And that's the context we're reading this in. So 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And we pray God will bless his word. Speak it to us today in Jesus' name. So, first two letters I'd like to think about a big gift. God is. God is. Now remember the Apostle Peter there, he's speaking to believers, new believers in Jesus Christ who had accepted him as the Lord and Saviour, believed he died for them on the cross and was raised again from the dead. They trusted in him for the forgiveness of their sins. That's what it means to believe. Paul speaking to, Peter is speaking to believers here. But they were in a bit of a difficult situation. They were scattered all over the place. If you can imagine it, they weren't all sitting in the one place like here. They were scattered a, a, across quite a distance. And that would have had its own problems. Maybe problems of feeling isolated. Problems of uh, opposition that they may have been facing. Now the church was growing fast, which was a great thing, wasn't it? The church was growing fast. But guess what? Opposition to the church was also growing very fast. And there was opposition coming against anyone who said they were a follower in Jesus. So what does Peter do? What's the remedy for this situation? Folk feeling like they're a bit out there. Folk feeling like they're in a, a time of difficulty. There's things coming against them. The first thing I would suggest to you that Peter's saying, he's saying, look at who God is. Look at who God is. He puts the focus straight on to God. He says there in verse 3, Praise be to God. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise, like we've been praising today, isn't praise an uplifting activity? Mm -hmm. Praise is something that you come before you praise and you're down here. And physically even, when you praise God, you lift your eyes up the way, so to speak. I don't know how you feel when you praise, but when I feel, I feel like my attention and my focus is moved upwards. And by upwards I mean onto God. And maybe it's helpful to think about our attention as being lifted upwards. And as we lift our hands, as he speaks about in scriptures, as we lift up our voices, as we lift up our eyes to God, guess what happens? We focus on who God is. We focus on who God is. To God be the glory, great things he has done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. When you sing a song like that, your attention is moved on to God, isn't it? Praise be to God. So praise is a good thing to be doing. Not only because it's something that we should be doing as believers, but it's something that's good for us spiritually. And physically, as we lift our attention up and lift our eyes upon the Lord, our focus moves away from ourselves and whatever's happening in our circumstances and it moves on to our God and who He is. And why, why do we praise God? What would be the reasons? Well, Peter doesn't leave us uh, to think about it and with our imagination, he fills in the blanks straight away. He says, Praise God, verse 3, that in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Now there's a lot in that verse. A lot of content in that verse. First of all, it tells us who God is. God is merciful. God is a merciful God. What does that mean? Well, it means that we as sinners, as Nathan said earlier on, all the bad things we have done we deserve the punishment since Adam and Eve fell in the, in the garden we have rightly deserved punishment for all the sins we've done from the so called smallest sin to the largest sin and in, remember in God's eyes there's no levels of sin there's just sin whether it's a lie or a deception that's, that's sin or whether it's something we would in our society think is far worse than that it's all sin and we're all in the same boat we've all we've all failed And we all need God's mercy, which is the withholding of what we deserve. So what he does is, we deserve the punishment. But God, in his mercy, holds that punishment back from us. And what did he do instead? What did he do instead? What was his gift to us? He moved our punishment onto Jesus Christ. He bore that punishment for us. That's the mercy of God. We deserve to be out of relationship with God because we've sinned. But God doesn't want it to be that way. In his great mercy he withholds his judgment and he places it on himself. Do we understand that today? It's really, really important we understand that. That God is really doing that for us. That's how much he's merciful to us. The Bible says for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the gift that really matters. This is the gift that really matters. Our wages for our sin, the wrong, what we deserve is death. Separation from God and but God doesn't want it to be that way. Do you know that today? Do you know that God doesn't want it to be that way? He wants to give you a gift. But see the thing with a gift? You need to receive a gift. You need to receive a gift. A gift can't be forced on you. If Nicola gave me a gift and she said, there's a wonderful gift for you here, Graham. There you go. It cost me a fortune. And it's lovely. (laughs) And she presented it on my lap. And I said, Sorry that wasn't what I was looking for I was actually looking for that thing I would not have received that gift would I? now God has presented to us the most wonderful gift ever which is that he has been willing to take the punishment for our sins and he's wrapped that up for us in Jesus name and in Jesus death and resurrection And he's offering it freely to us. But we need to receive it. And can I just challenge you today? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Nobody knows. Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. Can I just encourage you? See, this time of year, when we're thinking about gifts, think about receiving the most important gift. We don't automatically receive it. We must volunteer to receive that gift from the Lord. So, if you haven't done that today, you can do that today. It's actually quite straightforward. You trust in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. You receive the fact He died for you, that He rose again from the dead, and you receive the forgiveness. You say, Sorry, Lord, for what I've done. I've messed up big time. But I believe that you've sacrificed yourself for me. And when you receive that, the Bible says you're saved. What does saved mean? You're saved from the punishment of your sins, you're saved from going to hell. You're, you're then made safe and secure and that you're promised you will go to heaven when you die physically, you'll go to heaven to be with the Lord that's a really important thing to know and God wants us to know that he wants us to receive that gift we did deserve the punishment all of us for our sins but God shows his mercy, he withholds his judgment he presents the gift of his own son Today is the first Sunday in Advent. Advent uh, comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means coming. It's a season where, as Christians, we think about the first coming of Jesus in the flesh, this gift of God to us. God himself coming in the flesh. What a wonderful thought. We should never ever forget the miracle of that but also it's often a time when as well we look forward as believers in Jesus to Christ's second coming to the fact that Jesus has promised behold I am coming soon and there's a there's a day when all of this earth is going to be wrapped up and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth and all of us who die in faith in Jesus will be caught up in the air we'll be in there and those who are still alive and believe in Jesus will be there Everybody who's ever believed in Jesus, everybody, will be there. There's a hymn, there's an old hymn that Nicholas Granda really likes, and it's called, We'll All Be There. Hallelujah, we'll all be there. Are you going to be there? Am I going to be there? Because the Bible says there's only one way we're going to be there. Jesus says, I am the way. The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way that we'll all be there. I would love to know that we'll all be there. Every single one of us. God, I can tell you today, his heart heart would want you to be there. And what you need to do to be there is receive the gift of Jesus Christ as your Saviour and as your Lord and and just receive it just take it in don't put the wall up anymore just let them come in (coughs) and we'll all be there it's also an encouragement to those that living hope that new birth that new birth that we've had we're born into a new life with God and remember it's a life that never ends it's a new birth and our sins have been forgiven us. But it's also an eternal life. It's a living hope. And why is it a living hope? Because Jesus himself rose again from the dead. Do you believe that? That's the truth. If Jesus had died and it was left there, it wouldn't be good news. But the good news is Jesus rose again from the dead And in rising again from the dead, he conquered all the power of death. He conquered all the power of sin. Do we believe that today? So as believers in Jesus, because he is living, because Jesus is alive, we are alive. And what do we mean by alive? We're alive spiritually when we believe in Jesus. We might not feel alive at times. Physically we might be struggling a bit. But the word of God tells us that when we trust in Jesus, we are alive spiritually. We are given a new life. Because Jesus conquered the power of sin and death. There is a song that says, Saviour, he can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever author of salvation. He rose and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. You see, there was a mountain of troubles, if you think about it like that, the mountain of troubles in between all of us and God. And that mountain is all the wrong things we've ever done. It's all of our sins, it's on that mountain. But when Jesus died on the cross at Calvary, he moved that mountain for you by taking the punishment onto himself and then what about the mountain of death he conquered that as well he moved that mountain he rose up from the dead the scripture says death where is thy sting we have a saviour that conquered even the grave (laughs) and now he gives us this gift we think about who he is He gives us an opportunity to live this new life that He wants to give us. Ephesians 2 verse 1 says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. So if we are a believer today in Jesus, we are alive we're alive along with Jesus because of his mercy he's made us alive when we've received him there's a hymn that says living he loved me dying he saved me buried he carried my sins far away rising he justified freely forever one day he's coming oh glorious day You see, before any of us have a faith in Jesus, we are dead spiritually. There's a deadness there. We don't have a hope. We don't have this life that we're talking about today. But here's the thing, here's the good news. When we trust in Jesus, we experience this new life. Have you experienced that new life? And that living hope... verse of Ephesians 2 says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not from yourselves you see we didn't deserve it but God did it anyway because he loved us and he loves us so much but you see there it's through faith again not to overemphasize but I just really Feel we need to be clear, and I wouldn't want anyone not to be clear. It's only through faith in Jesus. It's only through faith in Jesus that we can receive that new life. And it's not by the good things we do, says the are not by works. You know, we think, can we earn our way into, can we bring gifts to God? Bring a gift to God, then I'll be saved. A lot of people think that. I'll do good things. I'll attend church. I'll say sorry to everybody for the wrong things I've done but that doesn't that doesn't get us into heaven that isn't what brings the life of Jesus into our lives that's not how we're saved we can't buy our way into heaven we receive our way into heaven we receive the truth we receive who God is and what he's done we receive Jesus So when we're saved we become a new creation in Christ Jesus and God has a good plan for us and that should cheer all of us up because <laughs> sometimes it doesn't feel that way as a believer in Jesus that sometimes things can be hard but God has a good plan for us as believers He's good works for us to do there's a verse on the banner over there I'll just draw your attention to from Jeremiah 29 verse 11 it says, therefore I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future so when we come and we receive Jesus we have a hope we have a future God has a good plan for us and it doesn't matter what age we are it doesn't matter how things are at this point in time, God has a good plan for us and he has a future for us So, yeah, it's great as believers we come at first. Do you remember the day when you first became a Christian? I do. And we've got that life and vitality, and everything's wonderful. But then, after a while, um, we kind of lose a little bit of that enthusiasm. Some things happen, and we just kind of lose a bit of that. But remember that just like a newborn baby that's born uh, into its parents' arms, when we are born again, when we become a new Christian, God looks after us. God is our strength. God is our protection. So there, firstly, we're thinking about who God is. We're turning our eyes to God and we're seeing things like God is merciful. And we're seeing that God is love, that he loves us. Secondly, I just want to focus on the fact that God is forever. Forever. Verse 4 And into an inheritance that never can never perish, spoil or fade Kept in heaven for you Who through faith are shielded by God's power Until the coming of the salvation That is ready to be revealed at the last time Probably as parents I know this experience is like You start to think about What you would be leaving behind for your children What inheritance you would leave them uh, But sometimes If you're anything like me, you find that your material possessions start fading away. (laughs) That often the things we try and accumulate and gain in life aren't always the rock solid thing we can depend on. Material possessions come and go, don't they? Just as fast as we receive the gift, we can lose it the material gift. But here's the thing, God, when we're born into this new life of God, we're born again into this new life of God, He gives us an inheritance. He's got an inheritance for us as His children. And that inheritance, it says here, will never perish. Isn't that good? We may have experienced in life things perishing, things that we thought we could trust and rely on, fading away. But God has a good inheritance for us. That will never perish. Now in that I would say God has good things for us to receive now. As we experience this new life in him. Yeah. But also it's looking forward as well. To even after we die. To that inheritance which is prepared. For everybody that loves Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? An inheritance that's never going to fade. Or spoil. It says there it's kept in heaven for you. We have a good Father. We have a perfect Father who takes care of our every need. God is forever, so the good things He provides are forever, they never end. We've been thinking about the gifts we give at Christmas. We give a gift, but eventually over time the gift fades and spoils. But this gift doesn't. This gift never fades and never spoils. In 1890, Albert B. Simpson wrote these words. Yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory, glory. To his name. Now, I just want to apply this into all of our lives today, okay? I believe we should be greatly encouraged by these words today as believers because God never changes, God is forever the same. And all the things we've been thinking about will never change. And as believers in Jesus, God has promised an eternal provision for us. And we have a hope and a future in heaven prepared for us. And even more than that, you notice in verse 5 there, that we're shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. I want us just to apply that to ourselves today. Do you know God is shielding you? Now, now, that if you believe in Jesus, He's surrounding you. He's shielding you. He's protecting us. He's guarding our faith. Sometimes we, we think to ourselves, I need to guard my faith, I might lose it. Can I suggest to you that God is guarding our faith? When we place our faith in Jesus, can I suggest that God's Word's telling us that our faith is safe and secure? Do we believe that? When the enemy comes in and he says, Your faith's not sure, don't know what's happening. The Word of God tells us that when we trust in Jesus, God is guarding our faith, even when we feel like our faith is low. And we're safe in his arms. Fanny J. Crosby wrote these hymn lyrics. Now Fanny, Fanny J. Crosby is a hymn writer who was blind and experienced a great difficulty in her life, a great physical difficulty that she had for pretty much all of her life. Yet she had the love of Jesus. G- she received Jesus at a young age. She trusted in him and she loved him with all her heart. And all of these hymns came out. There's a, an example for us of somebody who faced difficulty in trial, in life and wrote these words. Safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on his gentle breast, thereby his love o'ershadowed, sweetly my soul shall rest. Hark, tis the voice of angels, born in a song to me, over the fields of glory, over the jasper sea. Fanny J. Crosby couldn't see with her eyes she could see with her spiritual eyes and she knew she was safe in the arms of Jesus, she could see that she knew that experience and we can know that experience, she knew she was overshadowed with his love she could hear the voice of angels she could hear the singing or the fields of glory, she knew she was going to heaven when she died oh for the Jasper Sea now what did the Jasper Sea look like? I'm sure it's good, I'm sure it's beautiful And she would see that because in heaven we're told there's no more tears, there's no more pain, there's no more loss, there's no more suffering. And she would she she she'll be entered into the glory. We'll meet her one day if we're a believer in Jesus, and she'll be we'll be singing these songs, no doubt, and songs like them. I'm serious though. She's going to be with the Lord. And she would see all these wonderful things. And that's the truth of the matter. Safe in the arms of Jesus. So when we trust in Jesus, we're safe forever. For all time. We're safe in his arms. We're covered by the love of God. You know, life, life can be very difficult. And if you've lived any number of years in life, you know that life can be very difficult. One of the things that can be very difficult about life is a lot of things can change. And often they seem to change for the worst for some reason. Things can get really tough. Really, really tough. But here's the thing God never changes. He says in, the, in his words, He says, I am the Lord, I never change. God is forever. He holds us in his arms forever. And he'll never change that. So I just encourage us as we apply that today to trust God. Can we trust God? No matter what's happened. Trust God that he never changes who he is. That he's merciful. That he loves you. And that if you're a believer you're safe in his arms and you're secure in his arms until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed when Jesus comes back so as believers today as we apply this are we living in that hope day to day we have the gift of the Holy Spirit of God as believers within us God himself within us living living and we also have a hope to look forward to in a future, both now and in the life to come. And in the meantime, God is shielding us and protecting us with his everlasting arms. So sometimes as we apply this, we might feel like we're struggling in our faith a lot. Uh, that somehow we might not make it in our faith to the end. But there's great encouragement if you feel like that today. Because God Himself is our shield and He is our salvation. We can trust Him. The Word of God says, Let's fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the one that's going to do it. He's going to work on our faith. He's going to help us in our faith. He's going to protect our faith. There's another scripture that says, He who began a good work in you will carry on to completion. Until the day of Christ Jesus. So no matter what our circumstances are right now. No matter what situation we find ourselves in. It's really, really important that we remember who God is. We remember who God is. We remember his mercy. We remember his love. We remember his provision for us. Both now and forever. That will never, ever fade. And all of that, what does it make you want to do? It makes us want to praise him all the more. But there's more than that. Just finally, as we close, there's a reason we can rejoice. Because God is forever true. Verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. When we're born again into a new life with God, we could be forgiven because of the excitement of it all to think that it's plain sailing. But it's not. In fact, it can often be the opposite of plain sailing. You would think that as a new believer in Jesus, uh, as a believer in Jesus, we wouldn't face any trials or difficulty. But in fact, it is totally the opposite. Jesus actually said that we would face trouble and difficulty. He said in John 16, In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Whatever it is we're facing, whatever it is that's hurting, whatever it is that's coming against us, whatever it is, we can take heart because Jesus has overcome it. We will have trouble in this world, but Jesus has overcome the world. (coughs) Praise the Lord. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be standing here preaching this to you if I didn't believe it and if I hadn't experienced God having to nail me with that a number of times. Because there are times you feel like giving up. There's times you feel like if one more thing happens I just can't take it. But what happens God comes in. in is everlasting. There's a hymn that says leaning on his everlasting arms. There are times when you can't don't have the words, you don't have the explanation, you don't have the strength. You're simply leaning. Where are you leaning? We're leaning in the everlasting arms. When we don't have the strength, God is holding us with his strength. I praise the Lord for that praise the Lord for that, when we don't have the strength when we're struggling, when we're facing great trials difficulties we lean on Him let's lean on Him, let's lean on Him that's all we have to do that's all we have to do we take heart God is forever true God is truth God is truth and God's word that we read in the scriptures that we're reading today God's word is absolutely true So the early church we read about today in 1 Peter, they faced a lot of trouble threat of physical death and a lot of opposition the church leaders like the apostle Peter faced a lot of trouble and a lot of opposition but they knew that even through all the troubles and all the trials and all the problems that God will always stay true to his word to them because God is forever true And God says in his word to them that he will help them in their time of need. Jesus, remember, gave the disciples a mission. And that mission comes down all the way to us years later. He said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age that's the word of God that's red letter that's Jesus words surely I am with you always even to the end of the age the the disciples knew these words from God were true they knew therefore that God was always with them we should know that today in our hearts that no matter what's happening God will always be with us He's there, living within us. And in fact, we see that even in the troubles and the difficulties, there's even a purpose through these troubles. Sometimes we wonder that, and it's a difficult subject I'm not going to go into. But it says here that in, the troubles would actually cause their faith to be refined in some way. the faith to be tested and actually refined. I've sometimes had people saying to me, I'm struggling in my faith. There's just so much happening. And I don't know if I can believe anymore. Because so much is happening and it's so difficult. I think these verses should be a great encouragement. Because like we said earlier on, God is holding us. We're not holding Him. He's holding us. And even through that difficult time when you feel like you're losing your faith. And you feel like you're hopeless. When you rest in His arms and when you trust in Him. He'll make you stronger. And even through these trials, it says there, though now for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though defined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. So there's a sense that when you apply the pressure of these things, It shows our faith to be true. Because we keep trusting Jesus. It's what we do. We must trust Jesus. We must trust him. No matter what happens. And you know what? God's faithful. He doesn't leave you there. He takes us through. He takes us through the situation. It says in his word he takes us through the valley. And he lifts us up. He doesn't just leave us there. And, he's, and, and through it all our faith will actually find as God's is teaching us here our faith will grow even through these difficult times yeah and it results as we go through it and we look back and we say God how faithful it's dead encouraging to see God helping you You know, and he, but he takes us through he takes us through the difficult times He takes us through. There's an Andre Grouch hymn that says, I thank God for the mountains and I thank Him for the valleys. I thank Him for the storms He's brought me through. For if I'd never had a problem, I'd never know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. Amen? And that's what we do. He takes us through it all, and we learn, and we trust Him more, and we depend on Him more. He takes us through it. He's with us all the way through. He's, he never leaves us as believers. He's with us all the way through. We're feeling rotten when everything's rotten and things aren't good. He's there. He's taken us through. So this is the gift. This is the gift to everyone who receives Jesus as their saviour. And I just trust that it would encourage you, as I can tell you the word is encouraging me personally, that God is forever true. God is. He never changes. Praise the Lord for that. He doesn't change his mind about us. He loves us and he always will. He didn't change his mind about his mercy. He took the punishment for us he's forever and his promises to us are forever we don't even need to worry even when we face death and grief we don't need to worry because we know we're safe in the arms of Jesus we know that and we'll be with him forever and with all the believers who have ever trusted in him and we know that he's true everything that's been said today is true, it's his word It's true. We can trust it. You can't trust what you read in the newspaper. You can't trust even what some people tell you. At times. But you can trust God. We can all trust God. So my final question there is are we living in that truth today? Are we living in this truth today? (laughs) And here's the key. In verse 8 Though you have not seen him You love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. You see, these early believers in Jesus, they knew one thing. They loved Jesus. They loved Jesus. He was their Lord and their Saviour. And that's the same for us today. We have the opportunity. That's the important thing. We need to love Jesus to receive Jesus and when we do that he fills us with an inexpressible joy he puts us in a right relationship with him he takes away our sins so we can rejoice in the truth of God's word to us his gift to us even in the midst of suffering grief and every kind of trial We can rejoice even in all these things because God has shown us his mercy and his incredible love for us because God has forgiven our sins and because he has provided everything we need both right now and for all time. We rejoice because God is with us always. We rejoice because God is forever true. His word and his promises never fail and God always keeps His promises. What an encouragement this is to myself today. I trust it is for all of us today. I'd just like to take a time just for us to quietly pray and reflect on what God's saying to us today.